Now let's listen. I love when the staff say I'm a good boss because I don't know why. It's like, oh, okay, good. For a fee. For a fee, for a small fee. <laughs> exactly. And we take things very seriously around here, so it's all good. Uh, it's, again, it's so wonderful to be here with all of you. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, because I realize this is a very transient time of year, a lot of people coming and checking out Greenbelt, and we love that when people do. Uh, my name is Kevin. I have the joy of serving as the lead pastor here. I would love to meet you in the cafe after the service. Don't just take off, because I know that's what we do as Christians. We sneak out of here as fast as possible. Just Five minutes. Just come and say hi. Grab a cup of coffee. I'd like to shake your hand and say hi. Or if you're still not shaking hands yet, we'll do whatever you're comfortable doing. So that's great. Um, we're in a series called The Way. And what we're doing is we're doing a series of from we started two weeks ago. And we're going to go right up to Christmas Eve talking about abiding in Christ. Now, I'm going to just kind of dive right into today's message. Today, I want to talk about posture. Now, I'm not talking about what your mother has been telling you since you were a little kid sitting at the dining room table to sit up straight, okay, and put your shoulders back, sit up straight. Yeah, you all, like half of you just literally just sat up as soon as I said that. That's how powerful our mothers are and the words that they instill into us. So thank God for mothers who told us to sit up straight. There's a lot of good things about good posture and healthy spine. Roll those shoulders back, sit up straight. But that's not the kind of posture we're going to talk about today. Um, Today we're going to talk about the posture of our heart. The posture of our heart. We're in a series about listening and abiding with Christ. Listening to God, abiding in Christ. And there's a posture that you and I can take to help facilitate hearing from God. And I say can help facilitate because, again, this is the challenge that we find ourselves as kind of evangelical Western modern Christians. For some reason, we still feel our relationship with God is if I do this, then God must do that. Any of you ever kind of struggle with that feeling from time to time? I did everything right. I went to church. I prayed. I rent my Bible. I tithe. I volunteer. I do this. Therefore, God must. A couple of hands went up. Okay. We're, we as a church, we like to be real <laughs> because God already knows the answer. So it's okay to share the answer with everybody else, right? We can struggle with that. So whenever we study something like this, The goal is not, well, Kevin said to do this, this, and this. So if I do this week, this, this, and this, then therefore God must. That's not the point. Okay, but the point is to look at Scripture. And if you have a Bible with you, we're going to look at Luke chapter 10. You can start flipping to Luke chapter 10. Uh, That's what we're going to teach from today. But the, the goal is today to look at our own hearts, to look at the posture of our heart that we take when it comes to the topic of listening to God. And and what I'm going to do today as we look at this text, um, I'm going to be very personal today. Now, I'm normally very personal. Some of you are going, well, you're always personal, so what is this going to look like? Okay? Now, (laughs) I'm not going to be personal in an uncomfortable way, (laughs) but I want to be personal um, not as a hero, And not like I've got this all figured out. 
But I want to just share from my life how Luke chapter 10 is my posture to listen to God. See, for me, as a Christian leader, I take very seriously the words of the Apostle Paul when he says, follow my example as I follow Christ. So today, I'm just going to give you my example. And I hope what you see in my example is me following Jesus. I mean, I'm a huge believer. If you don't see me following Jesus, don't follow me. Is that fair to say? If you don't see me following Jesus, don't listen to anything I have to say. I don't care how, how good my sermon is. I don't care about how, how smart I am and how my, 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 I can't even pronounce the big theological terms anymore, how good my hermeneutics is, and I got this exegetical style that's just so amazing and so deep and so profound, and I can exegete the Greek and the Hebrew and blow all your minds away about how smart I am. But if you don't see Jesus in me, don't listen to me. Don't listen to anybody if you can't see Jesus in them. Follow my example as I am following Christ. So that's what I want to kind of do today. So as we're going to look at Luke chapter 10, and we're going to look at the very end of the chapter. If you're kind of flipping in there, we're going to be looking at, uh, starting in verse 38, we're going to look at a hugely familiar story today. Even if you haven't had a lot of church experience, you've heard this story in some kind of capacity. But again, what I want to do is talk about list the posture of our heart to hear God's voice, right? In week one of this series, The Way, we talked about abiding in Christ. And this is the idea that if you have put your faith in Jesus to save you from your sin, that you realize at some point in your life that there is a God in heaven, there is a creator of heaven and earth, and he is perfect, and he is loving, and he is holy, and he is just, but he has to deal with the sin of humanity, that all of us have. And there's no religion that we can follow to make God happy with us. There's no rules or commandments that you and I can keep that could ever fully pay for our sin. It's only the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross where his perfect sinless blood is spilt, where the wrath of God against sin is dealt with. If you've accepted that, Jesus welcomes you into his family. Jesus seals you with the promise of the Holy Spirit, and you now abide in Christ. You are in Christ, and Christ is in you. The challenge is you and I then still have a choice on just what abiding is going to look like. We could just kind of coast through our Christian faith and not really produce any spiritual fruit that will last. You already abide in Christ if you've accepted Jesus. We started this series asking ourselves the question, do you want to bear much fruit in your life? And if you don't know what that means, go onto our YouTube page and you can watch week one. It's well explained in that video. Okay. Then the second week, what we did is we talked about What are some of the things that God wants to say to you? Because we live in a culture, in a world today, that wants to say who you are. We live in a culture today that wants to lie to you about who you are. And so we have to actually allow God to guard our hearts. And we need to listen to him on who he says we are. 
And so now what we're going to do is we're going to start building into our lives the discipline of listening to God. And we're doing that in many different ways as a church. We're talking about these topics in our life groups during the week. These are our midweek groups that happen. They happen online. There's men's groups. There's women's groups. There's co-ed groups. Some are in the evening. Some are in the day. Some are in person. Some are online. There's a group for everybody. And if you're not in one yet, please get in one. As a church, life groups are our primary way to ensure people are being cared for in our church. If you don't attend a life group, you are outside of our care model as a church. And we want you to be loved and cared for and grow in your faith. So go on the church website, greenbelt.church, or download the app like Paul said. Find a group that fits you and step into our care model as a church. Okay, so we're going to do that. We go deeper into these topics in our life groups. We've also prepared uh, daily uh, devotionals, and you can do that online with an app that's called theway.app. It's a website, or you can grab a printed copy of it at the cafe. We want you to really develop these disciplines to hear from God, because I firmly believe it's one of the most important things you can implement into your life as a follower of Jesus. Why would you ever want to be a follower of Jesus and never hear his voice? Why would you ever want to be a follower of Jesus and never fully know his love for you, his plans for you, his desires for you? Why would you ever want to be a follower of Jesus feeling like you have to make it up as you go? See, and the reason why this topic is so important to me, and this is where I'll share a little bit as we do. I am going to get to the text in a moment. <laughs> but I've shared this before. It's not new to anybody. Well, it's new if you're new. <laughs> um, but for my entire life, um, I have struggled with some form of generalized anxiety. Now, I'm a child of the 70s, so we didn't label that stuff back then. It was like you just were – everyone just assumed I was like this petrified child. Like that was like back in the days in the 70s when you didn't have to buy a Happy Meal at McDonald's to get the toy. You could just get the toy without even buying anything. No word of a lie. You could actually walk into a McDonald's in the 70s, not buy anything, and ask for the free toy. I know some of you are like, what? No, really, the 70s were amazing. (laughs) Our parents weren't around. They weren't hovering over us. We were eating dirt. It was great. You could walk into a McDonald's and get the free toy without buying anything. And I wouldn't even do that. I was too afraid. I was afraid of everything as a child. As a child, I would actually have panic attacks that put me in the hospital in an oxygen tent for a weekend. Okay? As a teenager, (laughs) I was terrified of everything and everybody. Girls are the scariest thing on the planet. Okay, there's like no way, no how I'm ever going to talk to a girl. If Danielle wouldn't have asked me out, I'd still be single. (laughs) Okay, it's just not happening, right? Huge worries, huge anxiety, a lot. And and I'm the guy who, and maybe some of you can relate to this, I worry about the dumbest things. I'm the guy that if my, Danielle, I'm going to pick on you right now. You know, I'll give you five bucks later. Um, If Danielle is going out of town, driving somewhere to go visit some family, or she's going to a conference, or she's away for work, 
I only ask one thing. And what's the one thing? Call when you get there. That's all I ask. And Danielle shows up at her family's and just gets all excited or at the conference or at the hotel and, you know, just gets all wrapped up in what she's doing and she doesn't call. And I'm sitting there in my favorite chair at home, two o'clock in the morning, going, I'm going to have to date again. (laughs) She's dead. (sighs) I hated dating the first time. There's no way I'm doing it ever again. And my mind just goes and goes and goes, and I create all of these scenarios. And that sounds silly, and we can laugh about it, but I guarantee you do that in your life too. You worry about your kids. You worry about your job. You worry about your money. You're worrying about your health. You're worrying about government. You're worrying about everything. Everything creeps in. And as followers of Jesus, we need to develop a posture to stop listening to all of these voices around us just to hear the voice of God. I had to do that this week. Wednesday morning, a lot of you have been praying for my daughter. She's a missionary. She just left for like two years. And I'm sitting there, and my brain is doing what my brain is doing. I'm looking at all the airplanes. There was just some article that came out that all the there's this airplane line that didn't even put real parts in the plane when they were repairing them. They're fake parts. And we put our children on these things that are being maintained by the lowest bidder. And, um, and I'm freaking out, and I'm freaking out, and I'm freaking out, and I'm crying, and I'm freaking out. And, then, and it's like, no, Luke 10 tells me how to respond. And you hear God's voice that says, Kevin, I've given you your heart for your children. Kevin, I've seen every tear that falls. You can trust your children with me. You need to hear that stuff when you're going through life. We all need to hear this. So what is finally Luke chapter 10? Let's get to it. Okay, Luke chapter 10, very familiar passage. You've heard this one before if you've gone to church at any point in time. It's the story of Mary and Martha, okay, two women, two friends of Jesus, who have two very different postures when it comes to meeting with Jesus. So just a few short verses, and then we will unpack this together, looking at the posture of our hearts to hear from God. So starting in verse 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, uh, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And then Jesus replies in verse 41, says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. How many of you today are worried and upset by many things? 
right? You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. If you have a paper Bible and a pen, underline that. Few things are actually needed. In fact, there's only one. And Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Right. This story here is very short. It's, for, it's 38, start, uh, it's like 8, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42. It's like five verses, okay, four verses even. It's really short. I had to count it because I didn't write it down. Right. It's tiny. But in here you can see this beautiful posture of our hearts when it comes to listening to God. Right? This, is, this story here is actually unique to the Gospel of Luke. So it's not like you flip through all of your, the, the Gospels in your New Testament. You can see this. We do learn more about Mary and Martha in John's Gospel. We learn that they're friends of Jesus. We learn that they're from the town of Bethany. We learn that they have a brother named Lazarus who is dearly loved by Jesus. Right? And, and they live about a, a mile and a half east of Jerusalem. And... They fully know who their friend is. Like Jesus isn't just like a nice guy. He's not just a rabbi. He's not just a good religious teacher. Like there's a big powerful word in these four small verses and it's used twice. It's the word Lord. Lord, don't you care? And the Lord answered. Right? This Greek word here for Lord is the Greek word kurios. And this is what this word means in the Greek. It means to have supreme, complete authority. It means you are the controller. If you're kind of like, like kicking it old school and you use the King James version of your Bible, that word kurios, supreme controller, is used 748 times to describe God as the supreme controller. So here you have Martha, all busy. Why? Because the supreme controller is in her house. How would you act if someone of huge, incredible importance showed up at your home? I usually kind of think about that like George Lucas. Okay, so if George Lucas, if you don't know who that is, he's the creator of Star Wars. I'm a nerd, sorry. If he were to show up at my house unannounced, what would I do? Well, first, I'd burn all the Disney Star Wars stuff so he could never see any of that. And I'd take out all my collection and all my figures and make sure they're all on display. I'd clean. I'd dust. I'd go crazy. I'd yell at my wife. I'd yell at my kids. I'd yell at the cat <laughs> to not ruin this. Right? And that's, again, we can laugh and we can joke about this. But here's Martha. Lord. Curios. The supreme controller is in my home. So, of course, she's going to do what her Jewish culture tells her to do. Get in the kitchen. Clean up. Prepare a meal. Be busy. Serve and work for the supreme controller. Work 
to please your God. But Mary takes a very different posture in the presence of the supreme controller. Mary takes a very, very different heart posture. And that's what I want us to look at. I want us to look at her posture here. And so the big idea that I want us to kind of unpack for the rest of our time is this idea that your posture can make a difference in hearing God's voice. Your posture, the posture of your heart will make a huge difference in whether or not you can hear God's voice. So let's look at three things here from this, from four verses. I'm going to pull out three, three points from four verses here. Okay. The first posture that we see, we see from Mary is this, is to sit at the feet of Jesus, to sit at the feet of Jesus. Um, in one of my commentaries, I got a number of books and when I study for sermons and I've actually moved to digital books now, which I love because now I've got about 1200 books all on my laptop and they're all searched and crossed indexed. I just totally nerd out on this stuff, right? So I can search for all this and just, I, I love this stuff. And, but in one of my commentaries, one of the authors called sitting at the feet of Jesus, the posture of the learning disciple. I love that phrase. <laughs> Sitting at the feet of Jesus is the posture of the learning disciple. You see, sitting, <laughs> I'm not going to do it here, but sitting automatically puts us into a position where I have to listen. <laughs> see, when I stand up, <laughs> it's easy for me to just start talking. And I can get all excited, and I can start jumping down, I can start waving a finger, and I can, you know, and I can just wave my hands as a good French Canadian does, and just really get passionate. But suddenly sitting down forces me into a different position. It forces me to be still. Now, I'm not the type of guy who likes to sit still. Uh, it's, it's not my default. Even like in our family life, when it's time to relax and our family just wants to like sit down in the basement, make some popcorn, watch a movie and let's relax. I can't. Like, it's just, it's just not natural for me. It's like, no, no. Well, you guys all watch the movie and relax. I'm going to relax by ripping up my whole front yard and rebuilding it this weekend. That sounds relaxing to me. Okay, I just can't sit still, right? But the posture of sitting forces me, reminds me that I don't have to work. I don't have to rip up the front step. I don't have to fix every problem in everybody's life. I don't have to solve everything right now before I go to bed. It, it forces me to sit still, right? And this posture of the learning disciple, the posture of sitting, we see this several times throughout the gospels of people simply sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
We learn in Luke's gospel of this man who was possessed by many demons. And when Jesus delivers him from that, we read in Luke chapter 8, verse 35, it says, When they, the other disciples, they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet. Mark records the exact same event of this, of this demon-possessed man. It says, when they, the disciples, came to Jesus. This is in Mark 5:15. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there. Again, in Mark chapter 3, we see another example of people just sitting at the feet of Jesus. It says, then he looked at those seated in a circle around him. Right, Jesus is looking at the people sitting around him, and everyone is busy, and everyone's doing all their thing, and the disciples of Jesus say, hey, your mother and your brother are here, and they're mad at you, and they're kind of worried that you're going to get yourself killed by the Romans. You've got to calm down, knock it out. Just, like, just stop it. And Jesus says to the people, look at these people who are just sitting here. These people here, they are my mother and my brothers. Right? Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. There's just something incredibly important about the posture of sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, in my life, I do that physically. Yes, I could pray to Jesus while I'm at work. I could pray to Jesus while I'm exercising. I could pray to Jesus while I'm walking or going around the neighborhood, all of those things. But in a posture to listen in a posture to hear something back, I sit. I have a favorite chair in my living room. If you come over, you can see it. Actually, we can't even see it anymore. We, got, we changed our chairs. We got new chairs. And they're not comfortable yet, but I'm working on it. Okay? But I sit. And I sit. And I get up at 530, and I sit. And sometimes I hear. Not always. Just because I sit doesn't mean I have to hear. (laughs) But I take the posture of a learning disciple (laughs) to sit. It's the biblical principle of slow down. Our culture today is way too fast. And I need to be reminded every single day that I'm not that important. The number of likes on my Facebook page while I was asleep doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay? All of these things that we're so busy and so worried about and so upset by, we need to calm down and we need to sit. We need to sit at the feet of Jesus. So that's the first posture, heart posture, that we can learn from Mary. The second posture that we get, <coughs> excuse me, is once we've sat, now we listen. And I think that part's harder. It's easy to finally sit. When you're so tired, eventually you're, you'll sit. I've kind of heard it said, like, in our busy culture and our busy lives today, you can either choose rest or eventually rest will be forced upon you when you're sick. <laughs> so you can choose to rest, or eventually rest will be forced upon you. Eventually you will sit still. <laughs> That's just how the human body works. 
Okay? But once you're still, once you're sitting, the challenge is now to listen. And the challenge of that, depending on your personality type, even though I used to be a very, very quiet, shy kid, suddenly God changed that. Where now I talk a lot. And I have a lot of opinions on everything. And I love talking about my opinion of everything to anyone who will pause long enough for me to jump in. (laughs) We like to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. You are are your favorite subject, just like I am my favorite subject. (laughs) We will talk and talk and talk. So often when people ask me, Pastor Kevin, would you pray for me? I go, okay, what would you like me to pray for? There's a list. And I'm happy to pray for you. But suddenly there's this list, like a huge, well, I need this. I need this. I want this. I want this. I need this. I want this. I need this. I want this. I can't remember the last time someone came up to me and said, Pastor Kevin, would you pray for me that I would just hear God? Because Jesus says that's the most important thing. (laughs) Again, that's why I asked you to underline this. There are, you know, you are upset and worried about many things. There are many things that you and I could be praying for. Many things. And, and the Bible teaches us and tells us to pray for those things. But Jesus said, but few things are needed. Okay, the new car, the new transmission, the pay raise, the RSPs. You know, the education, those are good things, but few things are needed. In fact, there's really one that you need. You need to listen to Jesus, right? We need to listen for Jesus's words. And that's why listening to God is called a spiritual discipline, because your flesh, my flesh, will push against that. It's like, but I got my list. God, listen to me. And we have to go, not my will, but your will be done. And it's hard to take a posture of your will be done when we're too busy talking. We need to listen. For Jesus' words. This is a theme that we can see all throughout the Bible. Old Testament, New Testament. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6. It says, listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everything that you do in your relationships, in your career, in your education, in your hobbies, in your comings, and in your goings. Listen for God's voice everywhere that you go. He is the one who will keep you on track. That's why we call this series The Way. We want to walk in the way of Jesus, not in the way of my flesh, not in the way of the world. We want to walk in Jesus' way. And in order to do that, we have to listen for God's voice, according to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6. Right? Romans 10, verse 17. Romans 10, uh, Romans like, Seven, eight, nine, ten, some of the best stuff that we have about Jesus written in the New Testament. Romans ten seventeen says, So faith comes by obeying and doing everything and being really busy. It says, So faith comes from hearing. And what are you hearing? 
and hearing by the word of Christ. See, we need to be in a posture of listening. I have wonderful plans for this church. But at the end of the day, my plans don't matter. I have wonderful plans for your life. You want to know what they are? Come see me one time. I'll tell you my wonderful plans for your life. But my wonderful plans for your life doesn't matter if it's not God's plan for your life. We need to listen to God. We need to listen for his voice in everything. The Bible tells us that he wants to speak to us in everything. We just got to be in a posture to do it. So first we sit Then we listen. And then the third thing that I'm going to conclude with is this. We need to look only at Jesus. And I think this is a really big one here. This is where I make the jump from Mary's posture to Martha's posture. See, Martha is very busy, not just doing everything that she's got to do because she has the supreme control in her house. She also can't take her eyes off of Mary. Because she doesn't like what Mary is doing. Any of you ever relate that to that? Where you're obsessed with somebody else. And you just can't stop thinking about them. Like, well, why does this person get to do this? And they did this. And they get away with this. And this person. And that person. And that church. And that denomination. And this. And this. And this. And this. And that. And we get so obsessed at looking at somebody else that we've taken our eyes off of Jesus. Now we're not looking to Jesus. We're looking at that. And that's driving us mental. Right? That's this posture that we see Martha taking here. And then so she goes to her Lord, the supreme controller. Saying, Lord, that person right there who's not obeying the laws and not obeying the commandments and they're not living the way they're supposed to be living, they're not following all the Jewish traditions, look at her, God. And God says, you know what? It's none of your business. That's the Kevin paraphrase, okay, of this text. She's listening to Jesus. And if you can't see that, you have a heart problem. You have a posture problem, right? We need to, and and the Bible tells us we have to like look at sin and and, and we're called to bring truth into culture, absolutely. But when it becomes obsessive and it's all we can think of, we are in danger of taking our eyes off of Jesus. And I have to guard my heart on this big time, big time, because because the culture is a mess, (laughs) The world is a mess and people desperately need to know Jesus, but I'm not going to obsess on them because they're not my enemy. They're the prize. People who are far from Jesus are not my enemy. They're the prize because Jesus died for them. And I might be the only Jesus they will ever see. So I want them to see Jesus, the son of God who takes away the sin of the earth, who died for the sin of his enemies, in which I was one of them. In my sin, I was an enemy of God, and Jesus died for me. This is why I say, underline these words, 
There are many things. If, you know, we were upset and worried about so many things. And a few of those things are needed. But really, there's only one. There's really only one. We need to hear the voice of our God. We need to hear the voice of the supreme controller who died for us. We need to sit at the feet of Jesus. We need to listen to his voice. Listen to his words. And we need to look at him. He is the model. He is the example. That's why I started this off. If you don't see Jesus in me, don't follow me. Ever. No matter how good it looks. We need to be following Jesus. We need to be looking to Jesus. The author and the perfecter of our faith. See, this posture is a discipline. And that's what you're going to do over the next several months as we go through this series. That's why if you're not doing the daily devotion, try it. It's like, oh, but Kevin, I can't. If you're the type of person who goes, oh, daily devotion, I can't sit still and do this, then it's perfectly designed for you. Because I'm that person who hated daily devotions. I'm the person who hated quiet time every day. And now I hate when I don't do it. And I don't do it every day. I try. But sometimes life gets in the way and things get in the way and meetings get in the way or Facebook gets in the way or YouTube reels gets in the way. Stuff gets in the way. But then we go, no, I'm taking this posture. I'm going to sit. I'm going to listen. And I'm going to look to Jesus. And as we do that together as a church family, I believe God's going to speak because he promises he will. God will speak into your circumstance, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're facing, and he will guide you into the life that he has for you. He will guide us as a church into the life that he has for us as we're refocusing and relaunching everything right now. And we can trust him as long as we work on our posture. So let's work on that posture together. Let's pray. Lord, I'm very grateful for how these four verses Um, have modeled for me the posture I should take to hear from my Lord. Um, Forgive me, Lord, for the times when I'm just so busy (laughs) that I can't take time to just sit. Forgive me, Lord, when I'm so busy that I don't even really want to listen (laughs) because I have my plans and my ideas and my dreams and my desires. (laughs) But God, help me to listen more to you. And Father God, forgive me when I've been obsessed on the church up the road, the ministry down the street, the other pastor whose church is growing and multiplying like crazy, and the sin of comparison creeps in. Help me to only look to you for your will for my life, your will for my family, your will for this church. And Father, today, as we take this posture in our hearts to listen to you, Lord, I pray that you would speak. That you would speak, Lord. As we saw in that that verse in Proverbs, that we want to listen to God's voice in everything that we do, everywhere that we go. Lord, you're the one who will keep us on track. And so, God, we will trust you to keep us on track as we listen to you. 
And, and for some today or online, that might just start by putting your faith in Jesus. Maybe you're here and you're watching and you've, you've never actually done that before. You know about God, but you've never really given your life to God. <laughs> this idea that there's a God, a creator of heaven and earth that loves you, <laughs> who died for you, <laughs> who rose from the dead to show you and the world that he's truly God. <laughs> You can have him as your supreme controller, not by being busy like Martha and trying to be all religious, but by simply praying right where you are, Father, forgive me, a sinner. Come into my life. Abide in me. And if you pray like that this morning at Church Online, a little pop-up shows up. Please click that link to, and fill out your email address so I can connect with you. If you pray that way, like in the room this morning, tell me in the cafe. I'd love to celebrate and rejoice with you. But that is the start of this journey of listening to God. And for the rest of us who've made that decision, whether today or years ago, open your heart to the posture of listening to your God. He wants to speak. We just need to listen. Let's continue to worship him.